Is this thing on? Listening to Radio Americana Detroit. I got a pretty good show for you this afternoon. My guest Nick Pivot came into the studio. We talked and he played some songs. Nick's a cool dude. I really enjoyed his company. He's been around the block a few times, so he's got a lot of good stories to say, a lot of funny things to say. I truly enjoyed his company. So, with that, why don't we just get started and I bring you Nick Pivot. Listening to Radio Americana Detroit. I'm your host, Robert Lewis, and I'm sitting here with Nick Pivot. How you doing tonight, Nick? I'm doing great. A little cold. I'm warming up now. It's right. cold outside again. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you coming in and Well, thanks a lot. It's fun. Laying down some of your wisdom on us. <laughs> oh boy, now you're in for trouble. <laughs> You've identified it as wisdom. I like that. <laughs> I need you to write that down and sign it. <laughs> Were the roads okay out there? Yeah, the roads are fine. The roads are just fine. Yeah, because you were you were asking me this morning how the roads were. I, well, yeah, well, they were messed up this morning, but they should have been fine by by now. So yeah, they they took care of them well. <coughs> Everything went real good. Right. Yeah. So, what have you you uh, been doing lately? Make music. You got the band back together. Got the band back together, man. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I was doing Skin and Bones for a long time with my friend Vito uh, Marshoni. Played the suitcase, and uh, and I played the the guitar and, and sang. And he started singing after a while, and he, he, he and he started writing music too. He's really good. Uh, and we had a guy named uh, Johnny Miller on bass. We switched with bass players and stuff. But we had. Uh, uh, Lonnie Charles and, and Rudy Varner for a while. And that, that was a hot lineup. And then my friend Vito died. He got uh, prostate cancer and he died last year. And, you know, I was doing stuff with Tim Duvalier from uh, the Orbitsons, the guitar player. Oh, okay. he's, playing, uh, he's playing lap steel for me. We we're playing around. And uh, I don't know. I started getting this feeling that, that people were getting really bored with country music again. Mm-hmm. And I've been going through this for a long time, man. When I was like 13 or 14, I started playing hillbilly music in Roseville. You know, I was born mm-hmm. in the projects in Detroit on Jefferson and St. Jean. My dad thought he was saving us and got us a brand new 
house that looked like every other 900 square foot brick house in <laughs> right. Roseville. And uh, I guess hillbilly music to the people in Roseville, they, they didn't know what that was. They thought it was pretty cool. You know, my aunt Georgia was from Jellicoe, Tennessee. Right. So she told me the, the good shit. Uh, and I started playing it and my mom, oh, my mom really loved it. She mm -hmm. had no idea what it was about. It says, you play that cocaine song, would you, by Johnny Cash <laughs> for the neighbor. I'm going to play the cocaine blues. I, right. I, she didn't even know what cocaine was. Uh -huh. I probably didn't either. Uh -huh. uh, but I knew it was bad, and he took a shot of it, and, you know, and then he shot someone. <laughs> right. But So I started doing that, you know, and and then I, uh, I hitchhiked down to Nashville when I was 18, and uh, that was the stupidest thing. Thing I ever did in my life. It'd be like if you were 18, you wanted to be a movie star, so you you went to Hollywood and said, here I am. Right. Well, yes, yeah, stupid. Go back to <laughs> Roseville. Well, I went down there and it was awful. Yeah. Uh, Lower Broadway was the ghetto. Uh, I was scared to death, man. We, we stayed at this place called uh, the Merchant's Bar and Grill Hotel. And it was across the street, like from Tootsie's Orchid Lounge and Layla's and, and Robert's. And, and But that Layla's was there. And Tootsie's was there, I remember. We went in this place and it was a bar on the main floor and you paid $5 a night and you could go upstairs and get a room. It, it was a, it was a flop. It was a hobo right, hotel. Right, yeah. We paid five bucks <clears throat> and I every time we left, it was bad enough hitchhiking there. <laughs> in 1970, 71. Right. We got long hair and beards and we're hitchhiking and it's like, oh God, you know. <laughs> in Tennessee. We walk out of the bar, He's through the bar and somebody go, boy. hey, faggot. And I'd go, my, sh my shoulders are shoot right up to my ears. We run down the street. We ended up hanging out. I went to the Grand Ole Opry. I didn't know. I just stood outside and right. the window was broken and I'm like, this is, I don't know what to do, you know? So we went down to the, to the Parthenon down by Vanderbilt and there were hippies there mm -hmm. and they were playing music and smoking weed and drinking wine. And I went, okay, right. now this, this is pretty good, you know? And <laughs> yeah. some guy hooked up with us and he said, yeah, man, I just got back from California. You know, he had hair down to his shoulders and he goes, yeah, you know, you know, they don't bum money for hamburgers there. They bum money for tacos. You know, and, and he goes, well, my mom and dad live here, you know, in Nashville. And, you know, you could probably just, you guys got sleeping bags and stuff. You could probably sleep in their basement. It'd be better than that place you're at. And I went, okay, you know, that sounds good. And he went in a phone booth and he's making a phone call, supposedly. Uh -huh. He goes, now they said no. So let's get that wine and go to your place. <laughs> so he ends up sleeping in our room, of course, of the night. Yeah, so scary. yeah, so we got yeah. the hobo. We uh, the, but then you know, and I, I just said, you know, in fact, I, I have a song that about that called uh, "Help, Mister Wizard." Yeah, I don't want to be no country right. singer. That was about me going down to Nashville and uh, running home with right. my tail between my legs. But you know, then I went to rock and roll. And then some guy put an ad in the paper and said he wanted a singer. Uh, could put a band together for country music and his name was Lucky and I met this guy in Warren his name was Lucky and he had a bar on Michigan Avenue and he took me down there on a Sunday and he picked up some weird skinny guy who was like bald 
the hair that he had was like greasy and stuck to his head <laughs> and he had glasses and he was all oily and he already reeked of beer on, uh-huh. on early Sunday morning and he didn't have a guitar. And he, he said, well, maybe you can play Nick's. And I, I went, all right, you know, and so we went to his bar, which was called Lucky Lucky's Bar uh-huh. right on Michigan. And we went in there, it was closed. And this guy, Bobby Royal, he called himself Bobby Royal. He sang a couple songs, and God, he got this goo all over the neck. It, it was so Could disgusting. Could he play though? He, he, he not great, you know, but yeah. you know, as good as I did, you yeah. know, yeah. I guess. And he, yeah. he sang okay, not great. <laughs> but, and but he uh, up your Lucky right? looked at him and said, "Hey, man, y'all ever wear wigs?" And he went, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I had a girlfriend once who was a nurse, and she bought me wigs. I'm going, I got to get the hell out of here, man. This is so bad. It's not a band. I want to be. So I put a band together for Lucky because he wrote all these songs, and he had them transcribed and and, and charted. Mm-hmm. And, like, songs called Your Lucky Stars and all this stuff. So we mm-hmm. named the band The Lucky Stars. And we tried to do it, and then the guys in the band said, the hell with this. Can we just do rock and roll? I said, all right, let's just be a rock band. So I've gone back and forth and back. And now I'm doing a cocktail shake again, which is rock and roll. And And we've had some good. uh, Kind of more like rockabilly, isn't it? No. No, it's not rockabilly. It's, I want to say it's more like uh, uh, British invasion music almost. Okay. Uh, It's almost that kind of stuff. Uh, because there was a band in town called the Stomp Rockets, right. and that was Dan right. Mulholland, who's been with the Herbations and uh, uh, the Navarones, and he's just one of the greatest frontmen ever. My friend of, John Miller. Out I of Ann Arbor. John Miller plays with the Stomp Rockets, I think. Did he? I think so. I think he played drums for them. Oh, there's you a know, guy named Jay plays now. I forget he, who either played, played bass or drums. He played bo- both. Well, they Dan retired uh, about six months ago or something like that. And Gerald, who's been one of my music partners for years and years back in the bookies days when we had punk rock bands, oh, yeah. uh, I was in Bootsy X and the Love Masters with Gerald. Oh, yeah, I remember Bootsy. Bootsy and then we were Nick Pivot's Cocktail Shake. Okay. And uh, Gerald called and said, uh, hey, Dan's retired, man. You want to... Uh, Let's do cocktail shake again, and uh, you got the guys from the Stop Rockets. Nice. And I said, "Man, that's a built-in band. That's, that's a hot band." Okay, let's let's go back to Nashville for a okay. second. Um, did you play any of the open mics down there? Like no, the Bluebird Cafe. No, I was Bob's. too stupid. Yeah. I went down there and just like, okay, now what? <laughs> And you do that, you get a five dollar flop, you know, and wow. somebody drinks your wine. Yeah. No, I w- it was terrible. It, it was so horrible. <laughs> and if I would have been smarter, yeah. I would have realized right off the bat that everybody there was better than me uh-huh. and knew what the hell they were doing. Right, right. And I didn't know anything. Right. I just wanted right. to go down there, and the hitchhiking was frightening enough. Uh, that was really scared when somebody right. stares at you. With little milk teeth while they're doing 80 miles an hour and says, y'all have any LSD? And I go, man, you know what? I ate the last three hits. <laughs> no, I don't have any LSD, sir. Uh, yeah. You know? Willie Nelson, Willie Nelson in his book talks about being down and out in, in Nashville when he was trying to make it. He literally went out in the middle of the road there and laid down 
in the snow in the middle because he was ready to give up. He wanted to get hit. Yeah, and I remember did. reading that. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you know, lately, uh, I have friends that have moved down to Nashville yeah. and got jobs uh, writing with publishing houses. Nice. And every single yeah. one of them came back yeah. and they got burned. Yeah. It's like, if you don't know what you're doing, they wrote the songs, but a lot like advertising, those are straw dogs. Mm-hmm. You're going in to your star. I'm going into Robert Lewis and right. I represent him and I'm going in and I'm saying, listen, Robert, mm-hmm. I brought you 10 great songs. Now, these are the two I really think you're going to want to do, but we brought you 10 because we want you to see the whole scope. Well, yeah. you were never going to do those um, eight. Right. Get a lot them. of them get put on the shelf and never see the light of day. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Unless so, you're, you know. Good old American know-who. Blake Chancy or something. Right. I, I, right. I was down there doing music once when I was doing advertising. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were working at Ron Chancy's studio. Now, he was the guy who produced, uh, who did the song Elvira? Was that Oak Ridge oh, Boys? Elvira. Oak Ridge Boys. Oak Ridge Boys, yeah. Yeah. And he had a yacht called Elvira, and we went down there and we're doing this promo music for for a TV commercial, uh-huh. and we're almost done. and And he goes, "Hey man, we're going in to edit. Uh, gonna edit this shit together, man. You want to go next door and get a pop?" And and being advertising guys, we go, "Yeah, you know, a lot of pops." Mm-hmm. And we went over and we walk in the door, and he goes, "Okay, I want you to look at the man standing at the bar. There's a guy that looked like General Custer." He had long, curly, blonde hair and a beard, uh-huh. and he's smoking a cigarette, talking. He goes, that's uh, Wayne, Dwayne Blackwell. I go, I don't know who that is. He goes, he wrote Friends in Low Places. He goes, and Dwayne, he goes, I, I would hire him. He goes, he's so brilliant. He goes, it, mm-hmm. it got him through a really rough divorce. He goes, I had that song in my drawer for two years. Nobody wanted it. And then Garth called, and he wanted it. He goes, well, that song got Dwayne Blackwell through a bad divorce, got him a lot of money. He goes, but he's trouble. So we walk over to the bar and we, he introduces us to him and we're talking to him. He's a very nice guy, charming as heck. He, he spoke in lyrics and, he, and he'd <laughs> say things to you that are just charming. Nice. And as he would, we had a producer who was a little short, a chubby bald guy. And, and friendly as hell. And he's standing there and Dwayne Blackwell puts his arm around the producer's shoulder, reaches down and pulls two cigarettes out of his pack, comes around back and puts them in his pocket. And then he takes one out and he goes, Bob, do you have a light? And he gets his guy's lighter and he lights a cigarette up and he goes, hey, do you want a cigarette? And he goes, no, I got my own right here. He goes, okay. So he offered him one of his own cigarettes. And then they're talking and laughing and he reaches over and he grabs his new beer and he puts it in his left hand. He starts drinking. He goes, how you doing on beer, Bob? You want me to buy a beer? He goes, no, I got I thought I had one. Can I get another beer over here? He stole his beer. He stole his cigarettes. He was just brilliant. And he also wrote the song, I'm Mr. Blue. From like the fifties, oh, right. yeah. I'm Mister Blue. Yeah. I know. And then he about. moved down to Mexico and opened a restaurant called Senor Azul, which is Mister Blue. Oh and, no shit! And he had music and food, and well, he didn't look like Colonel Custer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> looked yeah. like he'd still been drinking. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good story. All right, so let's come back to Detroit. Where were we about that? 
Pardon? So you're playing with the cocktail shakes now? Yeah. Shakers or shakes? Pardon? Cocktail shakers or cocktail shakes? No, cocktail shake. I like to say it's more of a technique than a beverage. (laughs) (laughs) Shaking that stirred. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, early on, Gerald was in a band. Gerald Shohan is is like musical director of the band. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had a band called Cold Cock in the old days with Andy Peabody and Danny Blickenstaff and Bootsy X played drums in Cold Cock. Mm -hmm. And... For a while, some of the guys from Coldcock were in Cocktail Shake, so I wanted it there to be like a recognition of Coldcock, so I named it Cocktail Shake. Okay. And then I could use the joke and say, uh-huh. baby, it's more of a technique than it is a beverage, uh, <laughs> you know, if you want to shake it. Right. <laughs> and uh, so we've been playing around again, and uh, it, it's been really fun, and, and you know, it's it, it's just you can't get too old to rock and roll. I mean, right. it's just so much fun. So you got new, you got a new record coming out and everything. So I don't um, have a record coming out now. Uh, right now, I just want to get out and play the clubs right and on. do some live stuff and see how it goes. Dig it. Well, why don't uh, why don't we have you uh, play some songs and uh, we'll come back and we'll we'll talk some more. All right. All right. You're listening to Radio Americana. I'm your host Robert Lewis, and this is Nick Pivot. A few moments later. All right, the song's called A Box of Wine, A Bag of Weed, and Judge Judy. Can I say one thing about this song? I'll tell you what happened, why I really wrote it. It's just, I was unemployed, and I was watching TV in the morning, watching Judge Judy, and I was smoking a joint, and I got uh, really thirsty. So I went to the fridge, and I looked in the fridge, and the only thing in there was this box of wine, and I... I looked, it was like 9.45, and I go, well, you know, I think in Newfoundland it's 10.15, so let's go, let's drink, man, it's, uh. I got a box of wine, a bag of weed, and Judge Judy. Yeah, who ain't got a job turning into a slob, yours truly. Well, ever since the money's been gone, I've been watching television. All day long with a box of wine, bag of weed, Judge Judy. Yeah, lately my life has become a little uncanny. So I stuff my bong and take a big old whack of Afghani. And there ain't no better way to start the day than with a big frosty tumbler of Chardonnay. I got a box of wine, a bag of weed, Judge Judy. Judge Judy, please have mercy when you sentence me. Yeah, I had a job, but Detroit ain't what it used to be. Yeah, I sit around, get high and watch TV, you see. Ah, Judge Judy, have mercy on me. Well, lately my life has become a little bit funny. So I buy the mailbox, wait for my government money. Me, baby, I'm down on my knees, not for you, but for a box of that government cheese. Got a box of wine, man, I got a bag of weed and judge you. 
Please have mercy when you sent me Yeah, I had a job But Detroit ain't what it used to be Yeah, I sit around, get high and watch TV See, our Judge Judy Have mercy on me friend Will. We met at uh, your dad's house in oh, the backyard. Okay. Yeah, right. And we were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a song I was down in uh, Austin, Texas. I'll tell you why I wrote this. And this Mexican guy, he looked like Satan. And, and he, he kept hitting me in the arm saying, hey amigo, hey amigo. And I go, yeah, hi amigo. Where are you from, man? He goes, Hollywood. I go, wow, you're from Hollywood. That's pretty cool. I go, I'm from Detroit. I go, you like cars? He goes, yeah. I go, what do you got? He goes, Cadillac. I go, I like that. He goes, two Cadillacs. I go, you're all right with me, man. You got, you're from Hollywood, and you look like Satan. And, and he wrinkled his nose, and boy, it looked like Satan. I go, no, in a good way, in a good way. And a girl walked by, and I said, that, that girl's got a fine frame, don't she? And he said, uh, she got lips, hips, and tits. And I went over to the bar, and I wrote it on a napkin, and I went back to my hotel room that night, and I started writing that song, and then I went, you know what? No woman is going to listen to a song or buy a song called Lips, Hips, and Tits. So let's change tits to wits, because everyone wants to think they're smart. You know, I look good, and I'm smart. So that's what I changed it to. She had lips, hips, real sharp wits. She had everything in between. She was the finest chicken fried country steak. Old Nick Pivot had everything. Yeah, you take her out to a honky tonk. She's gonna drink till she gets mean. Yeah, she flashed them wits, shake them hips, and love you till you scream. Yeah, she picked me up in a pickup truck and we headed into town. She popped a couple of Xanax. Yeah, she said she was feeling down. She took a long, hard pull of tequila. May I slam the shiner down? Yeah, she pulled that truck to the side of the road. That woman took me down. With her lips, hips, real sharp wits, she had everything in between. She was the finest chicken fried country steak, old Nick Pivot had ever seen. Yeah, you take her out to a honky tonk, she's gonna drink till she gets mean. Yeah, she flashed them wits, shake them hips, and love you till you scream.
yes, she came out to see my band And she brought some friends along Two brunettes and a redhead And a blonde who was showing a thong Well, I made a pass at the redhead Yeah, she passed right back at me I got hit hard with a bar stool, baby And lights was all I seen Besides lips, hips, real sharp wits, she had everything in between. She was the finest chicken fried country steak old Nick Pivot had ever seen. Yeah, take her out to a honky tonk, she's gonna drink till she gets mean. Well, she flashed them wits, shake them hips, and love you till you scream. I've seen things, seen men do things that I wouldn't even begin to tell you at a time like this, my fair darling. I can see what it's done for you. Can you? That's wonderful. Must be the uniform. They are cute, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I, I like the way, you know what I like about it? One of my favorite things about this uniform is the way that it makes your dick look. Eh? All right, we're back. Hey. What were the name of those songs again? Uh, the first one Box was... Box of Wine, A Bag of Weed, and Judge Judy. And the other one was um, Lips, Hips, and Wits. <laughs> Woo-woo. Be careful on that last word there. That was Wits, ladies. <laughs> Uh, well, like I said before, I appreciate you coming out here, and uh, I, I've only met you one time before, and that was I, initially somehow we connected on Facebook, and uh, I was having a little party at my dad's house after he passed away, and I just kind of invited you over, and yeah. uh, and you came over. Yeah, I thought that was cool as hell. Like, I live within oh. walking distance of, of your dad's house. And, right. and in fact, I'd seen your band at uh, the Loving Touch. Oh, okay. And, That's uh, right. That's Cash was yeah. Cash O'Reilly and you. Wayne and, Hancock. And Wayne Hancock. Wayne Han- yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Yeah, it was me and Brian we, we opened up. Yeah, and I liked it in... Uh, I yeah, said, man, this guy's pretty good. You and walked said, up and handed me a CD. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I still owe you a CD. Wayne was okay there. <laughs> Wayne was all right then. Yeah. I like Wayne. Yeah. I've seen Wayne a lot. I've I, I seen him down in Austin. And uh, uh-huh. and, and I know people who, uh, somebody who was his roommate for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne is a wild man. He's the real deal, man. Wayne's, <laughs> a, Wayne's a wild man. What a good show, though. Yeah, man, that guy was. But he's got that ass. windshield wiper right hand, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like the world's best yeah. rhythm guitarist, yes. man. It's yeah. like a windshield wiper, yeah, man. man. Yeah, and was... what a great voice. Yeah. Oh man. Yep. <clears throat> I saw him once at the at uh, the uh, Magic Bag in Ferndale, and he was leaning against the stage after his set, and I had one of his CDs, and I said, "Hey, Wayne." Uh, 
would you sign my CD? And he took it and he looked at it and he goes, I don't know, man, I'm just so tired. I don't know what to write on here. I go, why don't you write that? And so he wrote on the CD, Nick, I'm so tired. <laughs> Wait, Nick. That's awesome. That's awesome. Nobody's got that but you. No, then I opened, I opened for him at that place in Auburn Hills. What was that place? That, uh, music. Uh, oh, um, um, big what was, place. What was the name of the place? Callahan's. Yeah, I, I opened for him at Callahan's, and, yeah. I, and I had Tim Duvalier with me. That that was really fun too. I played there once. We brought him a little weed, you know. And, yeah, and he was already stoned. And <laughs> when I left, he was sitting at the bar with a vape, and he took a big old hit off this vape, and he, his eyes lit up. He looked at me and went, ah, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, he's the real deal, man." He, yeah, he's he's the shit, yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. yeah, I. I I liked all those Texas guys. You know, I used to, when I, I lived in Italy uh, for about three years, and I was looking for country music, and I'm seeing on, on MTV or CMT, on TV I'm seeing Rodney Crowell and the Desert Rose Band. This is like 1989. Mm. Desert Rose Band, Rodney Crowell, the Leroy Brothers, the Blasters. I'm going, this is cool shit. Yeah, yeah. And I go to the record stores in Italy, and I go to the country section, and there's John Denver. And I go, man, this is not what I'm looking for, you know? Right. And not that there's anything wrong with John Denver. No, no, not that there's anything wrong with them. That's not what uh, you're just, looking it, for. It wasn't what I was looking for. Right. It was a little too folky. Yeah. And, and I went, we got home to the States, and I was working at this place, and my wife called and said, I saw a video of this guy that you're going to like a lot. His name is Dale Watson. Oh, yeah. And the song was called South of Round Rock, Texas. Yeah. And I put that video on, and there was Dale Watson in, like, leather pants, leather jacket, and <laughs> Ray Benson was in it, and Red Volkert was in it. All the oh, Austin yeah. people, yeah, all yeah. the people I hadn't didn't even know yet were in this video. Mm-hmm. And then I told my ex-wife, I said, you know, it was our 10th anniversary, I said, do you want to go to Austin, Texas and see Dale Watson? And she said, yeah, let's do that. So, you know, some just want, they want to go to Hawaii or something for your 10th anniversary. Mm-hmm. We went to Austin, Texas, and we saw Dale Watson at Stubbs Barbecue. <laughs> and I got cool. to know Dale, uh, you know, pretty well. <clears throat> and then I didn't know him for a while. And when I got divorced, I was traveling around and going everywhere and doing shit that I want, needed to do. And I went to New York City because Dale Watson was playing at the rodeo bar so i stayed at a hotel right nearby and i went inside and uh dale was eating dinner with the band and i went up and reminded him that once when he was in detroit i tried to use one of his songs for a ford commercial that i had written Mm -hmm. and uh it didn't work out but uh he goes oh yeah you're the one and when the logs come down the back of the truck and then we back and do it again i go yeah that one he goes yeah so i saw him that night and i was outside smoking a joint and uh two guys out there and I go, you want to hit this? And it was Gene Kurtz, who was his bass player. Gene is the guy who wrote, uh, treat her right with Roy head and, uh, him and Don Raby was his fiddle player. And we got stoned and we went in <laughs> and we watched the show and, uh, it had a good time. And then, uh, you know, a couple months later I had to drive my mom's car to Texas to where my brother was living and I, he was in uh, uh, 
Tyler, Texas, or somewhere near Tyler, Longview. And I said, I'm dropping the car off here, and I'm taking a bus to Austin, and I'm going to see Dale, hang out with Dale and the guys, and then I'm going to fly back. And my brother said, well, we'll go to Austin with you. So my brother and his wife went to Austin with me, and we hooked up with Dale again and uh, Gene, and then and and I didn't I, I just known him ever since. He just calls me Detroit Mike. Oh, all nice. The time. He, he can say my name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Texans can take a one syllable name and make it two. <laughs> so it's like if I'm talking to Gene, it's like Mike. Have y'all seen Dale? <laughs> Are y'all on Facebook? You know, but Gene passed nice. away, and it, it, it's sad because he was just the greatest. He didn't have any reason to be my friend. <laughs> There was nothing in it for him. He right. was just that kind of a of a gentleman. Oh you know? yeah, I like people like that. Yeah, all my favorite uh, country singers are from Austin, Texas, or you know that area. Yeah, Chris Christopherson, uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard. Love Ray Wiley Hubbard. I don't know if you're familiar with his yeah. stuff, or you should be. And uh, all those guys are just. There's something about that music from that area, uh, area of the United States. It's just, it's just got, just got some kind of magic. And to it's it. not just country, yeah. you know. It's right. like Texas blues. And, yeah, and, and absolutely. And even like Rocky Erickson and the Thirteenth Floor right. Elevators, and yeah. and Doug Sam, yeah. and, and holy shit, Rodney Crowell's got some great stuff. Oh my god. Yep. I saw Rodney Crowell down in Florida about three years ago. It was before the COVID hit, and he could still go <clears throat> to the Swanee Music Park in North Florida. And uh, he was one of the headliners at this outdoor festival. And he did all of his cool shit, and he plays that little, uh, it's like a 1930s uh, L-double-O. Mm-hmm. black with the white pick guard and it just sounds so good <laughs> and he closed with like a rolling stone oh nice and, going, oh, <laughs> and all he had to do was so like uh and back off the microphone and the whole crowd would go, rolling stone oh yeah. it, was, it was so good oh, nice. he's he's so magic there's nice. that guy clark movie yeah. where there's a table full of people sitting around and it's steve Earle. Towns fans, yeah, yeah, I've seen Rodney that. Crowell, yeah, yeah. Guy Clark, yeah. and you go, yeah. oh my god, yeah. Yeah. all these guys were buddies, you know, yeah. and they were so young too back then, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Have you seen that movie, um, um, Be Here to Love Me, or, or, yeah, yeah, Be Here to Love Me? It's about Towns Van Zant. In, in, that's the one I think I saw that table full of people. Yeah, that at. clip's in there. Yeah. yeah, that clip is in there. Yeah, and then there's that other clip where he's playing like inside a barn or something, and he's playing Poncho and Lefty, and that old black guy's sitting in the background, and he starts crying about because <laughs> the song was so moving to him. That was that was a crazy movie, man. That guy was that guy was on another level. Well, I had then. a neighbor once, <clears throat> and, and he said. Uh, Towns Van Zant is playing at Mama's Coffee House in the Unitarian Church in Birmingham. Oh yeah, I goes, played there. He goes, "Do you want to go?" Towns played there, really. And I said, "Yeah, let's check with the wives because we both had babies wow. at home." Yeah. And the wives said, "You know, why don't you guys just go?" So we go get in the car, and he goes, "You got to stop at a beer store, man." He goes, "You know, I got babies at home." He goes, "I want to go out and have a beer and listen to some music." So we got some big tall bottles of Beck's beer. And yeah. big, big ones. And we go and we're sitting in like 
they were like bleachers in the back and we're drinking our beer and we're watching towns and he was supposed to have been sober by then uh at that time and i i'm doubting it and he did <laughs> that's a myth <laughs> the first set and then he left the stage yeah and he came back yeah and he was different yeah he went back and i'm pretty right. sure he had he yeah. had a few drinks backstage yeah. and the guy next to me kicks my beer bottle off the thing and it hits the floor and rolls <laughs> and Towns Van Zandt stops and he looks at the back and he goes I recognize that sound real well <laughs> and my neighbor points to me and goes because he did it and I go I, he did it who cares who did it yeah. you've yeah. interrupted Towns a set right. what, what a sad story of, 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 of him even though you know he had all those great songs but it's, it's kind of a sad story, like growing up, you know, they sent him to a mental institution, they gave him shock treatment, and he lost, you know, like half his memory of his, his history. And that's why I think he was able to write these such spooky songs, like he was making up his history in some way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I uh, came from a very wealthy family, right? Oil family, very wealthy. He was, uh, yeah, he was a a real rich kid. Okay, yeah, he was real rich, which is probably why he got into booze and dope so early, and (laughs) he had a cushion to fall back on, right? Which is nice, you know. If if you go for a music career, it's nice to have money behind you. I I like I like the story Robert Earl Keane talks about when he first met Towns. He was driving through the desert. And he sees this guy hitchhiking with a with a backpack on, and it's Towns Van Zant. He didn't know who Towns Van Zant was at the time, and uh, he had a all he had was a was a backpack full of albums, and he gave one out gave one an album. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they all the same album. They were his album, or yeah. he just had a bunch of no. Different they were his albums. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were his albums. Yeah, yeah, and and. The, like I like listening to those those recordings, but I think some of the production on those on those albums weren't real great. Is the songs were great, mm-hmm. fantastic, but I think you know they're putting in strings and violin. You know what I mean? It, it was too orchestrated. It, yeah. it took away that gut and grit and that just that longing and that hurting that he felt in those songs you know that might just be me but no, I, you what, know overproduction is yeah, you know is is doomed to every they kind of music yeah even in the uh in rock and roll i mean you know we all love the beatles we all love mm-hmm. that stuff and yeah the early beatles mm. stuff was not overproduced and it got into george martin and yeah and that it was really good but there was a certain point in the early 70s when the biggest bands were all the ones I hated. Journey, Styx, Chicago, Blue Oyster Cult. I'm going, I, I can't listen to this shit. You know, I have a theory that uh, Boston, Kansas, and Styx are all the same band. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, they, they, you know, because they all have that same tonal quality oh, to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it just, it sounds the same to it, me. 
Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. I don't want to see the guy spin in a circle with his piano. And, and it was so over-orchestrated. When it gets to the point where your mother goes, it sounds so nice, you know it's not good. And that's that's when punk rock hit and everybody's middle yeah. fingers went in the air and said, Fuck that. We're <laughs> listening to Johnny Lydon, man. We'll go with the we'll go with the Sex Pistols and the Clash yeah. and the MC five and the Stooges and You know, I I never had an appreciation for that music until I was like into my thirties. Like I was I was locked into that Jimi Hendrix and that Led Zeppelin and Cream and the Doors. Rock. Yeah. Yeah, I was locked into that. So when punk rock came out I was a little, it was a little, I was a little offish about it, you know, I, but I did like the Ramones and that first album of the Violent Femmes is awesome. Yeah. I love that album. I can listen to any Ramones, any yeah. Ramones. Like, is, there, yeah. is there only one alive now, right? All my yeah. favorite bands, they, you know, the drugs and the alcohol yeah. kind of yeah. tilted them all out. I mean, yeah. there's how many MC5s are two? John Lydon never liked them. Johnny Lydon. I always <laughs> loved Johnny Lydon. I, I love Johnny Lydon. He hates everything. It's, it's he so hates funny. everything. It's, it's, it, once you get past that, <laughs> yeah, and you realize it's like, it's like an act. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, I saw this. I saw this video of him one time, and it was uh, backstage in a green room somewhere, and the interview was asking him. You know what offends you? What are, what what is offensive to you? And he goes, "What's offensive to me? I'll show you. Come over here." And he points to a Green Day poster. He goes, "That's offensive to me." <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember he had a TV show for a while? Did he? No, On I MTV, never saw it. They had a few episodes. It was like a trial. And he did the craziest stuff. He had a tank. He was riding in his tank, and he had all this rock and roll memorabilia in the middle of a field, uh -huh. and he shot it, and he uh -huh. blew it all up. I went, this is great. We have to take John Lydon, and I was doing TV commercials for Ford back then. I go, we got to get John Lydon, and we'll go like into the country. We'll get a farmer, mm -hmm. and we'll give the farmer the new Ford explorer to drive for two days and we'll give john lydon a tractor and we'll film the both of them and we did a few scenarios and ford said we don't want john lydon in our commercials i can kind of no, understand that no he, he did i read an interview with him once he and during the interview he probably didn't really want to be in it either you know i think for money he probably would it's public right. image limited is yeah you know now he's like yeah that big man yeah He's, he's, yeah, he's blowing up. It's a big fat song. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> don't call you now. <laughs> he, I read an interview with him and the guy, they were at a really nice restaurant in LA and they said he was, he was drinking beer and he stood up on a chair and he looked at everybody and goes, and nobody has ever buggered me in the arsehole. <laughs> I'm glad you told everyone, John. That's nice to know. We'll write that, write that down. No one is. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. You know, I, I did go back to Nashville once in a while. I like Austin. I liked Austin for a while. Right. I, I went from like the 90s to, I can't remember when I quit going. I probably haven't been in five years. And it just was it, it was so touristy 
There's just people eating ice cream and waddling down the street. I was and- just going to say, yeah. I, I recently, I was in Austin back in October because my son's down there and he graduated from the Air Force down there in Texas. And we went to Austin and I didn't, I didn't get to appreciate it for it because we did the tourist thing. We walked down the, the main drag there and went through all the little shops. And, you know, I got a couple of cool stickers and a shirt, but yeah, it, it wasn't cool. Well, it was like there was 6th Street, and that was where like the college kids puke on their shoes. And, yeah. and, that, and then there was South Congress, SoCo, right. and the Continental Club and, and all that, that that stuff was so cool. Yeah. You go to the Continental Club on a Sunday afternoon and there's Red Volkert playing. It was just nice. magic and Dale at yeah, night. I'd, I'd like and, to go down there like sometime and just be able to do the do the dark side of Austin one night if it if it still exists. I don't know. You know, Dale Watson left Austin and he yeah. was like the king of Austin. He's living in Marshall, Texas now. Okay. And he bought a, a nightclub in uh right near Graceland called Hernando's Hideaway. Okay. It's from that song. There's a little place called the Hideaway. They do the rockabilly. Well, he bought Hernando's and uh, then the COVID hit uh-huh. and the business like went. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, they got partners, I think. So he now lives in Marshall so he can drive to Memphis and to Austin back and forth. He's got a Managed the bar, mm-hmm. and then they built a house called Little Graceland near Graceland that they now use as an Airbnb. So you can okay. rent that. Yeah, there's a recording studio in the basement. Oh, nice. Uh, there's a jungle yeah. room. Yeah, there's all the little Elvis touches. You know, <laughs> dig it, dig it. But yeah, yeah, one night I was at the, uh, I was seeing Dale Watson at uh, the Little Longhorn Saloon, and this girl I know pulled up and said, "Sweetheart." You've seen enough Dale Watson this weekend. Come with me. We're going to the Saxon <laughs> Pub. And there was a band, and I forget the name of this band, but they were all famous people on their own. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm there, and Cindy Cash Dollar was playing lap steels and pedal steels. And I'm going, oh, my God. Wasn't the Texas Tornadoes, She's just my favorite. No. <laughs> and... And I'm watching. It was really good. And James McMurtry was sitting like right oh, near me one watching. Of my favorites. Yeah. You know, and, and I said, hey, James, I, I, I like your music a lot. And he looked surprised and said, you do? <laughs> and, well, there was a guy in like sensible shoes, a little hat on, playing this little Martin guitar. Yeah. And he set it down. And I looked at the mahogany on the back. And I go, that's beautiful. That's from the custom shop, I think. You know, so I walked up to him. I said, hey, man. I go, is that Martin from the custom shop? And he goes, yes, it is. I go, wow. I go, you know, I have a, uh, a guitar from the custom shop, and the, the mahogany looks just like that. I go, what model is it? He goes, it's the Jeff Muldar model. I go, oh, and you're Jeff Muldar. <laughs> I go, hi, hi yeah. I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm Detroit. My name is Dummy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I used to just love going there so much. You'd see so many people. And then it just, it got so touristy, like yeah, Nashville. Yeah. I go to Nashville, and it was so much fun. And I see the Rishi, the Rishi family. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! You, you go there, and I'm watching this family. And there's one, two. There was Amber Dawn, Lily May, Scarlet, and then Brother Frank was a flat picker, and Lily May plays the fiddle, and they were phenomenal. 
and I give him my first CD and I talk to Lily May. You want to talk to Lily May? She's mm-hmm. so beautiful. All of the, all of them were beautiful, but they had a band called Gypsy for a while, mm-hmm. and it, it broke up. They had a Sony contract, and I kept talking to her and talking. And I'd go down and I'd see him all the time, and and then it just got so commercial there's pedal right. those pedal bars and <laughs> yeah and I yeah. Said, nah I, yeah. It, it's so hard and then covid you can't go anywhere yeah. and the hotel's Every- 400 bucks a night if you want to stay right in the downtown and i, I don't want to do that you know yeah. yeah but lily went on you know lily she's got her solo career with with third man records with jack white and she uh, toured with robert plant i think a couple times now playing oh, fiddle cool. for robert yeah. plant yeah. you know that's pretty wow. good when you yeah. get to play for Robert Heck Flint, yeah. man. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's pretty cool. He's a better old man than he was a young man, you know? <laughs> right. I saw a great picture of him standing in a food court in front of the little black sign that has a white stick on letters. Mm-hmm. And it said, please seat yourself. But he reached over and he covered the S and it says, please eat yourself. <laughs> and he was wearing <laughs> short pants and sneakers. <laughs> this funny. guy's good. Yeah. Yeah, that British humor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that stuff he does with Alison Krauss. Oh, I know. It's really good stuff. Really good. So um, we're about halfway through the show. Why don't you uh, play some more music? Okay. All right. Dig it. All right. You're listening to Radio Americana Detroit, and I'm sitting here with Nick Pivot, and he's getting ready to play some more music. You're, you're more than welcome to tell little stories. Before the song. Okay. I love that. Okay. I, I hit the button. Great. I hit the button. Nobody told you to hit the button. It's okay. I hit the button. <laughs> it, can, it can roll. Don't oh, worry. Shit. You're not wasting time. I We're have plenty of space. Recording can go on forever. We're all dead. Brian hit the button. So. Oh, no. All right, button. I hope we're going the flash. All right. This song is called uh, Help Mr. Wizard. And it's about uh, the time I went down to Nashville when I was a kid, tried to be a hillbilly singer and uh, didn't know what the hell I was doing. And it was horrible. And all I could think of was that cartoon show where Tudor Turtle would want to be a fireman or something. And the wizard would say, it's a very difficult job, Tudor. And he'd go, oh, I can do it, Mr. Wizard. And then he'd be a fireman, and something horrible would happen, and he'd always say, Help, Mr. Wizard! I don't want to be a fireman. Well, I would walk around singing, Help, Mr. Wizard! I don't want to be a country singer. I want to go home, you know? I want my mom to wash my clothes and eat beefaroni and stuff. Witch. Their husband's on the telephone, wants to 
Talk crowd. It's kind of okay. slow. Okay. Okay. If I can remember it. Well, All right. The song called uh, "Honky Town Crowd," and uh, I was standing at uh, Jenny's Little Longhorn Saloon down in Austin, and there was a guy. The band was playing, and people are drinking and having a great time on a Sunday afternoon. And I look, and there's one guy sitting at the bar, just staring at his beer. And he didn't look at anyone, and he didn't talk to anyone. And he was just, looked so sad. And But he fit right in. I mean, you wouldn't even notice him. He just fit the place so well. So I went back to my room, and I wrote this song called uh, Honky Tonk Crowd. I tip my hat Cause I feel so proud I fit right in with this honky-tonk crowd Where the girls are so fine And the music's so loud I fit right in with this honky-tonk crowd I had a drink in my hand just a minute ago Thought in my head that I can't let go There's a side of me only my woman I stay till the end, get a six pack to go. Honky tonk heaven ain't too hard to find. Just look for the fool who's losing his mind. Pull up a chair, relax and unwind while I calmly sit here and drink myself blind. Yeah, the singer is singing, entertaining the folks. There's people out back smoking cigarettes and dope One more glass of wine and I think I can cope Another hotel alone without any hope Honky talk heaven ain't too hard to find Just look for the food who's losing his mind Pull up a chair, relax and unwind While we calmly sit here 
Listen yourself, Doc. The law says I have to serve him and says I can't. I'll tell you what you better do, Mr. Citizen Bartender. You take your beers and ram them up your ass sideways. And you dig it? Whoa there, sunshine. We're going so you can take your hand off that horse cock you got stashed under the bar. How do you know I don't have something with a little more bark to it? Ho, ho, ho. This redneck is talking about firearms. Well, I know that you ain't got nothing but wood under there, my man, because I happened to be in here one night when a certain sailor got it laid up the side of his fucking head. What do you think about that, redneck? Lawson loses license for sure if I serve that. Kid. I'm gonna kick your ass around the block for drill, man. You try it, and I'll call the shore patrol. I am the motherfucking shore patrol, motherfucker. I am the motherfucking shore patrol. Give this man a beer. All right, that's Nick Pivot. What was the name of those two songs? That was called Honky Tonk Crowd. Uh, last one. The one before that was, uh, what was one before that, Mr. Recording Engineer? Uh, yeah, we'll help figure. Mr. Wizard. That's what that was. That was the oh, one about me right. down in uh, Nashville and wanting to get my uh, ass home as soon as possible because <laughs> I was uh, severely underqualified. <laughs> you were not prepared. <laughs> I was not qualified. <laughs> <laughs> there probably was was one person in Nashville at that time that was any worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about uh, let's talk about your guitar for a second. It's a pretty cool guitar. What kind of guitar is it? It's a Martin Double O eighteen mahogany back and sides, and it's got that pearl inlay of your name in the neck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, funny story about that because I, I was uh, a creative director somewhere at a film company, and I was, I was making real good money. I was making more money than I should have been, and uh, Never. I ordered that guitar, and I said, you know what? I want it just like Merle's. I want a double O, uh, a Martin double O with open headstock, and and uh, and I think I want my name on it. Just like Merle Haggard did, because the band I was in at that time, we were doing a lot of festivals and stuff. And I thought, you know what? If I if I walk out with my name on that guitar, people in the audience are going to think I am somebody, and they won't know who the hell I am, and that I'm really nobody. And uh, I got it, and about well, they called me and said your guitar is ready. That was about two weeks after I'd been uh, laid off. And didn't have any money anymore. And then I had to pay for the damn thing. And then I took it and I went, oh, my God, look how big they made the name. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> it's too big. <laughs> and the guy that was in my band said, go stand way over in the corner over there. And I stood over in the corner. He goes, it's just the right size. <laughs> he goes, you're going to be up on a stage. People are going to be looking at it from back, not up close. So that's good. Really? So, you know. You didn't like it? Yeah, well, I, I like it a lot. You and, didn't and like it, it at first, though, you mean? Well, I thought it was a little 
A little too gaudy. A little pretentious, yeah. yeah well, yeah. not gaudy is fine. I mean, yeah. it's hillbilly music. It's right, gaudy. Right, right. I mean, Porter Wagner, tell him about gaudy. <laughs> right. You know, but... <laughs> nudie suit. But yeah. I'm Nick Pivot. I'm not Porter Wagner. Hey, right and I'm going out. I'm just saying Nick Pivot. I'm saying, Nick Pivot and Mother of Pearl, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> That's Mother of Fuck. That's Nick a mother Pippet, of fuck. Who? <laughs> right. Yeah, that, well, that's a cool guitar, man. Thank How you. old is that guitar? Uh, probably 2006. Okay. I think I got it. Something okay. like that. 2004. Right around mm-hmm. the year I got laid off. <laughs> is that right. the guitar with all the magic where you write the songs? No, no. No, no I got a lot of them. That, I, I, I don't play it very often because I don't like to walk around the house with I have my name on it. You don't look in the mirror with it? No, no, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> the guitar I would love to see in the mirror. These days I don't. You know, I, I talked to a friend of mine. I said, you know, I, when I was young, I could get out of the shower. I could stand in front of the mirror for the longest time. And now I get out and I turn my head and run past the mirror. And she said, fuck you. I shower in the dark. <laughs> no, I, I wrote on a... Uh, I have a, a 1910 uh, Washburn parlor guitar. Wow. It's a Brazilian rosewood back and mm-hmm. sides. And even the, the, the simple shit that I play sounds so good on that. Mm-hmm. It's inspirational when you start to play it. Yeah. It just sounds so nice. Yeah. And then I have a, a I've got a, a 1990 uh, Gibson J200, big blonde J200. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I like to say that I like that guitar. It's 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 so big that when I play it, children often mistake me for being a puppet. <laughs> like, Mommy, look at the puppet. Right. It's, <laughs> I say it's like dancing with a fat girl. You know, it's like tough to get out to the floor yeah. and tough to get. But once you get going, you never really get going. You can't stop, man. It's like whoa, here we go. Right. We're right. going all night, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about. Playing a, a a fine guitar is like so inspirational. Even if you're just playing like D A and G, you know, it's yeah, like it's like dancing with a fat girl. It's like <laughs> it's like dancing with a fat girl, right? This is just like it's like angels. Whoa, you know. Well, you nice. know, lately because my my hands have been giving me such trouble, uh, I've had a lot of surgeries on my hands and. Uh, and the joke goes, I told the doctor after the surgery, will I be able to play guitar? And he said, yeah. And I said, good, because I couldn't before. This is better than lessons. You right. know, just cut away, you know, and, right. and maybe you want to do a little snip down there, <laughs> right. you know, if that's good. For yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know what I was going to say about that. But, you know, I, I like all, all the guitars. Uh, I like them a lot, but I've been playing electric Lately, because my hand has gotten so weak mm-hmm. and it gets stiff and uh, a little alleve, you know. But hey, you know. with the electric guitar, you don't have to push. It's hard. so much easier. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. So many, but, you know, it's, but I'm finding it's a whole different instrument. Right. Because, you know, well, you know, it, it's yeah. just. For me, I'd be more I, subtle with it if you want, you know. And I find it harder to play electric guitar because I play acoustic so damn hard. I pick with a hammer. That when I do it with a, when I try to play an electric guitar, it just it's different. It's, it's different. That's that's yeah. why you know. So I've been playing electric for so long, and plus I, my favorite time it's to like, play it's is like being with a new girl. Like everything feels familiar, but it's 
a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> you know, I like to play like late at night when there's no noise and and the dog is sleeping, the girlfriend's sleeping, and to play like in a a fatter body, the acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. you can just hear it so well late at night when there's no sound. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so much easier to play uh, on my hands. You know, right. I, I really right. thought I was going to have to quit uh, playing. Uh, and I don't play very often in Cocktail Shake. Uh, right. Gerald Shohan does all the, most right. of the guitar work. I play a couple of songs mm-hmm. uh, on the Nick Pivot guitar. Uh, so I, I got into that, but then I start playing uh, lap steel. And, oh, really? And that's a lot of fun. I'm not yeah. sure how good I am, but right. I like to play it. Right. And I play better than somebody who doesn't know how to play at all. So that's, <laughs> okay. so okay. if I play for people that don't know how to play, right. I'm pretty effing yeah. amazing, <laughs> right. you know. Right. But you know, if if uh, you know Drew Drew Howard or somebody comes in the room with the steel, <laughs> I'm hiding. You know, I'm gonna or hide. Whiz Feinberg, yeah. you know Whiz. Yeah, yeah, or him. No, I, I, I'm not. I don't play. Sorry, Wiz. You know, right. <laughs> or Tim Duvalier. Yeah, yeah. Duvalier is so darn good, you right. know. But he did get a new. Uh, I had this old Supro. It sounded pretty good, I thought. And then, uh, like I do with a lot of problems, I just throw money at it and figure. If I just buy one, yeah. I'll, a better one, I'll be able to play better. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why I have a whole drawer of harmonicas. I have 30 harmonicas and That's harmonica why, mics. And I, I can't play the harmonica for crap. That's why they invented GarageBand. You don't even need to know how to play an instrument. You got to know how to work the computer. So then <laughs> now you're out. Now, okay, now yeah. I'm out again. <laughs> but I did. I bought an Asher. Uh, an Asher lap steel. He makes all the guitars for Ben Harper. Okay. And I oh, bought yeah. a gold top. All he had in stock was a gold top with two Lawler Imperial pickups in it mm-hmm. and upgraded electronics. And it was around Christmas time and I went, Merry Christmas to me. I bought it and <laughs> sure. everything sounds better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you know what? That old Supro sounds pretty good too. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I think if anybody wanted to just get a lap steel, you can pick those things up for three hundred bucks, four hundred yeah, bucks. Pretty neat. Yeah, they're great. You yeah. know, once you learn to mute, you know, because that one thing people do is like put the bar down and go ring, ding, ding. Well, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you got to mute the yeah. strings. You know, you got to mute the other strings. That, yeah, that are open. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And with me, you want to, people to ask me to mute all six. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but it could be my savior. You know, so I, I think my hands are going bad because I, mm. I just turned seventy years old. Okay. Uh, my hands are going bad. Well, you look great, by the way. And I'm deaf in my right ear. <laughs> I go, God. What's go, go that, that old joke about the dog named Lucky? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No eye, three yeah. legs, yeah. missing ear, goes by yeah. the name of Lucky. <laughs> yeah, that, that's me. That's so you, I, well, once my hands go bad, well, then you can play. But, but if you're deaf, you can't play. What the heck am I going to do? You right. know, it's just. Back to Judge Judy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah. Turn on the subtitles and watch Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for subtitles, man. <laughs> but I did go to. I went to a movie the other day called Belfast, about Belfast, Northern Ireland. It's all shot in black and white. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie, and my girlfriend and I were sitting together. There's 
didn't think there was anyone else in the show at all. Right. There was one guy way in the back. I couldn't understand what was going on in the movie. And I'm, I'm, I'm going, I should have asked for the headphones because I'm, <laughs> I'm half deaf. I, go, I can't get it. And the movie ended and the lights went on and I heard this guy in the back go, how do you do with those accents? <laughs> I thought it was just my hearing. I thought I didn't understand Apple. Yeah, what I said. yeah. That's, like I watched the entire series of uh, of Misky uh, uh, Blinders or Risky Blinders. What's the name of that show? Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. I couldn't understand half of what I had to turn on the subtitles. Man, these guys are speaking English. I use the subtitles <laughs> yeah. all the time. Man. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. And in, in the the movie uh, Quadrophenia, I I never knew what they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> I just dug the music. <laughs> I just know they're oh oh yeah That's what my Vespa looks like. It yeah. looks like that. It's it's loaded with chrome and mud flaps. Yeah, and twenty and mirrors. And shit. I you know I don't have twenty yet. But <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it it's hard. The guitars I'm mm. interested in these days. I do have some. I have, you know, a custom shop Telecaster and a, and a, a custom shop uh, SG and and some really nice guitars. But my friend Tim told me that he bought an Eastman guitar. Mm-hmm. And I, I go, what is it? He goes, well, it's made in China. I go, well, you know, I, I really don't need another imported guitar. I, I had those when I was a kid. He goes, no, these are different. Is this guy from Eastman lived in the United States and he learned to make very high end violins and he has his own kind of varnish that he uses on these violins mm-hmm. then mandolins then he moved back to China and he opened a place he opened Eastman and he makes expensive violins and mandolins and then he moved into guitars mm-hmm. and the guitars are phenomenal really you get yeah. I bought this guitar it's basically a copy of a uh a casino, Epiphone Casino. Holy shit, I'm on the okay. website right now. They look phenomenal. It's got, he, he uses this violin finish. They're handmade. They're like custom shop guitars. And, you know, if you bought a 330, a relic 330 from the custom shop, it costs you five, six thousand, twelve hundred dollars $1,200. And because they're not cheap, they're not, you know, right. they're not first act guitars right. or yeah, something yeah. you know but yeah. but because you know the people get paid a bowl of rice for working all day long and yeah. they're great workers <laughs> these guitars are phenomenal so i have the one wow. that's like the, the 330 like a, a gibson 330 and then i have one that's like a gretch i i went to buy the one that was like a gibson uh les paul jr and they didn't have it but he had because people are buying them up you can't get them now because they're sitting in a boat off of Long Beach in okay. Freighter. Mm-hmm. So I, I bought this. I go, what's that one that looks like a Gretsch? And I start, I go look at it, and it's got TV Jones Filtertron pickups on it. Switch All Switchcraft stuff, orange drop capacitors. All the stuff is top-notch American oh, top-notch stuff. stuff and yeah. handmade custom. And it's worn wow. out just right in the right spots. Yeah, nice. The neck feels like it's 20 years old. <laughs> it feels so beautiful. Yeah. So I got that. And then later I got the Junior. Wow. And nice. I try not to say I got all these Eastman guitars because people go, oh, Chinese. I go, yeah. uh, you know, 
It's going to jump the shark real soon. Right. Uh, because they have to make so many. Yeah, yeah. People are ordering them like crazy, so the prices are slowly going up. Mm-hmm. And, but really, I think, you know. Unfortunately, the quality might go down like that. It yeah. might. Yeah. It might if they have to make that many that fast. Yeah. So I got three, and I'm, I, I, I'm probably not getting oh, any more. Cool. I, I have a friend of mine that, uh, Bob Urban, he has a basement full of guitars and they're all guitars that you never heard of, and they're fine guitars. He just he likes these guitars that are, you know. I don't know where they're made. You know, they're just off-brand guitars that he there, and he's a very complete guitar player. Well, that's why they sound good. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Well, you know? no, but he really praises these guitars, though. Like, he he won't, if, if a guitar is a piece of shit, he'll tell you it's a piece of shit. But he he really digs these guitars. That's why he buys them. So. Well, I think that, you know, that I met Buddy Miller once uh, years ago at the, at the Majestic. It was, a, the show was Buddy Miller, Big Sandy and the Fly Right Boys, Dale Watson. Oh, yeah. And, and some other guy that played the piano and did funny stuff. And Buddy Miller came down, and I went up and said hello, and I shook his hand. And I said, what kind of guitar is that you're playing up there? And he goes, it's, it's just a pawn shop guitar. <laughs> and I went, oh, he doesn't want to say. So mm-hmm. I checked it out, and it's a Noble, N-O-B-E-L, okay. made in Italy. And the neck is aluminum, and he probably owns them all. <laughs> Is you can't find them, no, and if you no. do, they're thousands now because yeah. Buddy Miller plays it. Okay, but it sounds good because right. it's Buddy Miller, <laughs> like Phil. Like a Travis Bean, aluminum neck like a Travis Bean, something neck. like that. Yeah, yeah. But the Italians did their own version, you know, and and somehow they did good, and uh, yeah. Well, there's this guy in town, Phil Carlisi, uh, Greasy Carlisi. They call yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Been in every band yeah. in town. And he, he's so good. He's yeah. he just he plays every instrument. He can play every Beatles song. And and I remember when he was in the Reaper Men, uh, every Tuesday night they play in Royal Oak, and I go up and I talk to him all the time because we're just Italians from the East Side. You know, we bullshit about being Dagos. And I go, get hey Phil, guess what I got? I got a uh, SG Gibson SG from the Art Historic uh, Division. It's a '62. It's relic. He goes. I got to fucking blah, 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 blow the balls off any fucking <laughs> ST. Yes. And it's some thing from Korea or something. Right, yeah. And he does something to it. And he plays so well. Yeah. He played the, he played a, the, the Ron Ashton concert, like mm-hmm. Memorial for Ron Ashton yeah, yeah. at the jazz hall with a guitar he made out of a toilet seat <laughs> and it had a roll of toilet paper yeah. hanging on the end. Yeah. And it sounded fantastic. Because he's got the hands, you know. Yeah, that's all in the hands. Well, you know, we're coming up on the hour here, and uh, why don't you uh, get ready to strap on your guitar? Yeah. And and I want I want you to play a song. It's called "Fuck You." I'm from Detroit. Now, tell me the origins of this 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 song. Okay. Like I've heard you say that it's not really like you know fuck off it's more like yeah fuck you i'm from detroit well that is you know because you know i lived in italy for a while and i had a friend my buddy leo 
I'd see him in the morning. And uh, having sex is not an insult in Italy. <laughs> if I say, fuck you. Right. It's like, oh, thank you. I yeah. hope you have some sex, too. I've seen <laughs> right. your wife. She's very beautiful. <laughs> so every morning, I'd see him, and I'd go, hey, Leo. I'd give him the finger and go, fuck you. He'd go, also to you, my friend. Fuck us both. <laughs> Everybody gets fucked. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I was I was down in uh, in Austin, and this guy, there was this guy from Goshen, Indiana. He was such an asshole. He was standing next to me. He had his brand new cowboy shirt on that he bought down on 6th Street. And he said this and that. And he went on stage with Dale Watts and he asked if he could play bass. And he got bitched at. He said, turn that fucking thing down, man. This ain't rock and roll. You play that along. Blah, blah, blah. And he's going on and on and on. <laughs> and uh, he said he was from Goshen, India. He goes, where are you from? I go, Detroit. He goes, sorry about that. I go, oh, really? <laughs> I go, where are you from? He goes, Goshen, Indiana. Where the hell I is go, that? I go, really? <laughs> I go, is your cart with the horses out there? Uh, that's Amish country. Yeah, go, yeah. You work in an RV factory? That's the <laughs> RV capital of, of America, Goshen. Mm -hmm. and, and I just let it go. Uh, <laughs> and I was talking to this other guy. He goes, be careful, man, when you're walking home. Don't go down there. Mm -hmm. And I said, why? This is dangerous. I go, fuck you, I'm from Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went back to my room and went, fuck you, I'm from Detroit. I'm just going to write that up, you know, right. because it's not an insult. It's like, fuck you, come on, man. Right. fuck you, we're from Detroit. You know, it's not like, fuck yeah. you, you know. Go have some sex, fuck you. Now, I know, I've read comments, you had a um, video on, on YouTube or somewhere I read you posted it, and and the people are like, "Oh, you don't live in Detroit. Oh, you that video is not even in Detroit." You know, yeah. Like, so how did you deal with with uh, that? I, I'll tell you how I did. I said, "Fuck you." Well, number one, the people that <laughs> said that, right, that would say that. Number yeah. one, I don't want to argue with them. Right. I don't want to argue with you at all. Right. It, it is what it is. Yeah. If you go to Guzzling Alley, which is where it was shot, right? They let me use the place for free. Yeah, it has automotive stuff all over it. Sure, the front of the Cadillac is up there. It's all automotive. This is Detroit. Yeah, if I were to pay to set, create a set to shoot that video, that would cost me thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. I got this for free. I go and number one. Let's just start, Mitch Ryder. He's from Roseville, Michigan. Right. Bob Seeger. I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Right. Iggy is from Ypsilanti. Right. The MC5 from Ann Arbor. Lincoln Park. Yeah. You know, go down the line. Kid Rock from yeah. Lake Orion. Right. And yet when they play their stuff on the radio, they go, Detroit rock and roll. Right. Grand Funk was what, Flint, I believe. Right. You know, come on. That's what I... That's what I used to always argue with people. All those de Detroit bands, air quotes, they were all from the suburbs, and they went to the Detroit because that's where the that's where the music scene was happening, right? Well, yeah. So yeah, yeah, and and you know, and Aretha Franklin. Well, yes, guess what? She lived out in West Bloomfield. Mm -hmm. You know, so come on. But was she 
she was from Detroit. Of course, right? of course. Yeah, but right. I was born in the projects yeah, in yeah. Jefferson and St. Jean. Right on. So guess what? I was from Detroit. Right. I worked at, uh, and, and I hated explaining this shit to people. You know, listen, I was born in the projects in Detroit. And where did I go to college? I went to Wayne State University. The mm -hmm. one guy that cut me down went to Oakland. I go, mm -hmm. guess what? When you were at Oakland University cheering on the Golden Grizzlies, <laughs> I was at Tartar Field seeing the fucking MC5 and, and, the, and the students for Democratic Society. They're blowing up bathrooms and shit and draft offices <laughs> down, down at Wayne State. Mm -hmm. I got out of there and I went to work in the GM building. And from the GM building, I went to work in another building mm -hmm. in Detroit. I work in Detroit my whole fucking life. So go fuck you. I'm from Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's ridiculous to even right. argue no, about it. No, know? I get it. I told the guy from CSX that, that, that I'd gotten that hassle that people said it wasn't filmed in Detroit. And he said, don't even address stuff like that. I right. mean, that's bullshit. You yeah. Know? Right. Right. What the fuck? Right. You know? Well, with that, why don't you play the song? All right. Fuck you. I'm from Detroit. All right. It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Fuck you, I'm from Detroit. I come from a place called the Motor City I demand respect, I don't want your pity You can laugh, cry, shut up, stand tall I'll tell you brother, I've done it all Fuck you, I'm from Detroit Yeah, here it's jeans and t-shirts every day Men well and nudie don't match our pay We don't wear conchos on our pants Just steel toe boots and the assembly plants Fuck you, I'm from Detroit Fuck you. Fuck you, I'm from Detroit, I'm Detroit. Got a bunch of burned out buildings and empty factories to exploit Well it may not be what you want to hear Keep your damn champagne, I'll have a shot in a beer Fuck you, I'm from Detroit Well I like Johnny and Merle and a whole bunch of others Like the Motown sound from the old Funk Brothers Jack Scott singing that rockabilly jive Iggy, the Stooges and the MC5 Fuck you I'm from Detroit. Yeah, I never rode a bull. I never wrestled a steer. I was raised on Chevys and Cold Strow's beer. If I had a horse, I'd just get bored. Got 500 made by Ford. Fuck you. I'm from Detroit. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm from Detroit. I'm from Detroit. Got a bunch of burned out buildings and empty factories to exploit. Well, it may not be what you want to hear, but there's a revolution going on around here. Fuck you. I'm from Detroit. Yeah, 
You see me coming, you don't gotta run I ain't got a knife, I ain't got a gun We want you to join us here So pull up a chair, we'll buy you a beer Fuck you I'm from Detroit Yeah, fuck you I'm from Detroit Got a bunch of burned out buildings And empty factories to exploit Well it may not be what you want to hear Keep your damn champagne I'll have a shot in the beer Fuck you I'm from Detroit Yeah, fuck you I'm from Detroit Yeah, fuck you I'm from Detroit You talking to me? You talking to me? Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? <laughs> oh, that was great. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I, I, I dig that song. Is that is that song kind of like your uh, free bird? Like everybody you know, has? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think it is. Because, you know, even when I got in the rock band, I, I, we're going to the first gig we're going to do in a long time. And, and the new bass player said, you know, five of my friends are coming and they all want to hear fuck you. I'm from Detroit. And I go, well, it's not really a rock song. I don't know how it's going to go. You know, <laughs> maybe at some point I can get somebody to just, you know, play only drums in like a squealing psychedelic guitar. And I can say, you know, I'm coming from a place called the motors. I try to get kid rock to do it. Yeah, that I would make I, a great that would make a great rap song. I could I, well, I thought it kind of is a rap. You yeah, know? it's kind of like a talking blues. Yeah, yeah, rap. yeah. But uh, yeah, I try to get it to kid rock. People would say, "Oh, I know kid rock. I'm gonna get him that song." I go, yeah. good, get him that. Yeah. Somebody else said, "Hey, I know a guy named Ty Stone." Ty oh was yeah, Ty was doing great shit. He's got yeah. that great voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a lawyer now. Oh, is he? Law school. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because uh, he went down to Nashville, I think he got burned too. He was like he was more like a Motown type of guy, wasn't he? Uh, you know what? They all those guys, their voices, they wrote their own stuff and they yeah. write brilliant stuff. Yeah. But their voices are kind of that gospely, uh, uh, Black Crows kind of sound, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and real good. And I asked Ty, I said, "Hey Ty, you know, how about this?" Somebody said, "You know, Ty's got this Detroit thing going." Maybe he'll do Fuck You, I'm from Detroit. So yeah. I contacted, I texted him and said, hey, you know, this is Nick Pivot. You know, you get this song called Fuck You, I'm from Detroit. And maybe you want to hear it. And he just sent a note back and said, I got enough fuck yous like, to deal with. I don't need another one. <laughs> but, you know, but what are you going to do? I get it out there. I get it to people. And, uh, hey, you know, if you're not Barry Manilow's son or or somebody's cousin and yeah. who who cares about Nick Pivot from Detroit? Right. Not many people. It's uh it's uh the great American know who. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but you know what? I can have fun without knowing anybody, you know? I yeah. play well, local gigs. You I know went, me. I went to a show. I know course. you now. Yeah. So I well, really appreciate you being here, man. This has been a lot of fun. I went to a shrink once after my during my <laughs> first divorce, well, my only divorce, uh, and he said, "Well, <laughs> you don't seem happy uh, doing advertising, you know, as doing radio and TV commercials." Mm -hmm. I go, "Well, it's pretty stressful." I go, he goes, well, "Just step aside. Who would you like to be? What What do you want? What would make you happy?" And I said, "You know." I kind of like to be like just a freelance writer 
a local musician. And when people see me walking down the street, they go, who's that happy guy? Because he always smiling. They go, that's Nick Pivot. He's a local musician and a writer. Right on. And then one day when I got older and I got out of the job market and realized that I am a local musician right. and I am a writer. It's not what I expected right. it to be. Right. <laughs> but, but, I thought it paid much better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, going back to all those uh, those Austin singer-songwriters we were talking about, it doesn't matter if they had ever been heard of before, they would still be writing songs. Yeah. Because that's, that's who they were. And it just so happened people dug what they were doing, mm-hmm. you know. So... Well, one of the times, that best time, I went down to Austin. I have to, to remind myself of that. And sometimes. I know this drummer down there, great drummer named Herb Belofsky. He was Dale Watson's drummer for a long time. And Herb lived like right in Travis Heights in, in the best part of Austin, the best uh, zip code you can have. Mm-hmm. And he got divorced and he moved to Lake Buchanan and he lives in a Silver Eagle uh, tour bus and he has a, a Airstream connected to it and he said well we're gonna he goes come up to my place man don't hang out in downtown austin you've been there you've done that he goes we'll come up to my house i'll bring you up there and then uh we'll get something to eat he goes and then the next day he goes i got a gig about 100 miles north uh with joe forlini and uh who's a detroit guy he goes and then we're going down to san antonio and i'm sitting in with joe king carrasco and i went Joe King Carrasco, he was my punk rock. He did Tex-Mex. He called it Nuevo Huevo back in the <laughs> in the 80s. Really good shit. Mm-hmm. And I went down and, and they were so friendly and Joe was still kicking them out. And then we went to like the place that invented Tex-Mex food. And we went there and there was a seat open next to me and I thought, you know what? First thing you do if Joe comes in, don't talk to him. Don't bug him. Just let him talk or something, you know? And and don't make a fool of yourself. And so I'm just sitting, and Joe sat next to me, and he was looking at his phone, and I'm going, this is weird. He's looking at his phone, you know. He was just showing me all the songs he's in the middle of writing. He uh-huh. keeps his phone. He yeah. writes a million songs. Yeah, you know, this one's three quarters done. This one's half done. This one's this. This one's this. Yeah. I got him an alphabetical order. He was the friendliest guy in the world. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. It's, that's the biggest thing I like about my phone. I have, like, not counting the phones that I've lost. Like there's like a hundred songs on my phone. Wow. A hundred ideas, you know. That you wrote? Yeah. 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 Just some of them are pursuable. Some are just like, that sucks. You know, but yeah, that's why I like phones. So, um, well, I guess we're going to wrap it up here in just a couple minutes. Well, thank you so much. It's been fun. I really appreciate you being here. and, uh, you're such a great dude. I'm I'm glad you came here. I'm happy to have you here. And uh, well, thanks. I, I wish I wish I would have uh, been playing acoustic guitar uh, more lately. Uh, I, I felt a little ham-handed, but uh, it turned out okay. I think it's no, a lot I of fun. I understand. It was great. We all had fun, and, and I really appreciate you being here. Like I've said, and um, just you got any last words of wisdom? You want to say before we uh, mm-hmm. sign off? Well, just what Soupy Sales used to say, you know, be true to your 
teeth and they'll never be false to you. <laughs> no, I don't. All there, I can say is, there, fuck you, I'm from Detroit. What else do you need to say? And there you have it. What else do you need to say? And it's right. not an insult. It's a compliment. I hope you all go home and have sex. <laughs> with whoever or whatever you want to have sex with. <laughs> right on. All right. Well, you're listening to Radio Americana, and we've had a good time here with Nick Pivot. That's Radio Americana Detroit. <laughs> and we've had a good time with Nick Pivot. And that's on tapdetroit.com, isn't it? That is on tapdetroit. And you're Tap our Detroit host, Tap. Robert Lewis Jr. I am. I am. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> and I'm losing my voice. <laughs> so we need to get out of here. All right. Good night, Nick. Good night. God bless. Thank you, brother. And there you have it. My evening with Detroit musician. Nick Pivot. Don't you argue with him about where he's from. Because he don't care. So I hope you all enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed making it. It was a lot of fun. Before I get out of here, I got some thank yous to do. First, I'd like to thank Ron Carvening for letting me use his basement as Radio Americana Studios in the wintertime. Those are wintertime studios in his basement. And I'd like to thank Brian Coogan for engineering the sound for Nick this evening. Well done, sir. And I would also like to thank Bridget Weller. Bridget Weller is now our social media manager and you can catch us on Instagram and Facebook we're still setting those up well the Facebook one's still there but we're still setting up the Instagram maybe by the time you hear this it'll be ready so catch us there follow us for new shows coming up with local musicians here on Radio Americana Detroit and tapdetroit.com. Intermission time, folks, so hurry, hurry, hurry. Step right over to our refreshment center for the most extravagant array of refreshment goodies ever assembled under one roof. Enjoy breathtaking, mouth-watering goodies, everything from a snack to a delicious full meal. At our refreshment center, you'll find a large variety of goodies to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, or your sweet tooth. So hurry, hurry, hurry. Visit our refreshment center now. You're listening to Radio Americana in Detroit.
You know, occasionally I get people send me in some music, and I'm usually happy to play it. So if you have some songs that you'd like me to play, send them in to the radio Americana at gmail.com. I just might play it. I probably will. So I'm going to start out this segment with a local musician. I believe he's from Waterford, Michigan. His name is Arnie Thomas. Arnie sent me in some songs. And I picked this one. It's called Three Chords.
All right, that was Arnie Thomas with three chords. Up next on the stage is a lady I've never really met. I only know her from Facebook and some of her videos. Um, she's a songwriter. She's been around Nashville. She's been around for a while. Her name is Mary Hartman. And the song I'm going to play from her is called What You Got Is Love by Mary Hartman.
All right. That was Mary Hartman with What You Got Is Love. So the third person I'm going to play, he and his band hail from Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's Ernie Clark and the Magnificent Bastards. And this is called The Other Way. Survive! 
All right, that was Ernie Clark and the Magnificent Bastards with The Other Way. So I'm going to close out the show for this evening with a, a guy originally hails from Flint, Michigan. I've met him a few times, played a couple of shows with him. The hellbilly himself, Mr. Cash O'Reilly with... Wild women. About my guitar and the girl next door. Seasons changed and years went by. The devil started to show more in my eyes of the smoke I told. The truancy notes always shows up in every single song I wrote. I like wild women drinking and sinning. Oh, mama, try, but that's just the beginning. The motels, jail cells, and dingy bars will look bad if you see it. We're shooting star. I like wild women drinking and sinning. Oh, mama, try, but that's just the beginning. Sometimes I wonder if I would have been good if dad hadn't left my neighborhood. went by, I try to stand on my own I've been roughed up, used or bruised or pushed to the floor, I've exploded and rolled, try to make things right but I seem to forget this noose is tight and the apples don't fall, fall from the tree no apples don't fall fall from the tree, especially right in ones like me oh what will they say when they bury me, I like wild women, drinking and sinning oh mama try but that's just the beginning, the motel Jail sales and dingy bars will look bad if you see it. We're shooting star. I like wild women drinking and sinning. Oh, mama, try, but that's just the beginning. Sometimes I wonder if I would have been good if dad hadn't left my neighborhood. Wow.
wild women drinking and sinning Oh mama try but it's just the beginning The motels, jail cells and dingy bars may look bad If you see it from a shooting star I like wild women drinking and sinning Oh mama try but that's just the beginning Sometimes I wonder if I would have been good if dad hadn't left my neighborhood That was Cash O'Reilly with Wild Women. Okay, I'm out of here. I got to get done with this. I'm on the garage doing editing tonight because I need some quiet. And it's cold out here. I can't take it anymore. So tune in next week to Radio Americana. Detroit on tapdetroit.com. Later. All right, yeah, get him the hell out of here, will you please? Get him out of here. Throw him out. What is the cult of odd? Well, it's a little bit of and a little. But most importantly, it's about becoming one of us. You can join the cult. Every Friday night from 8 p.m. to 11 Eastern right here on tapdetroit.com or by heading to thecultofodd.com. Let us in. Let us fill you in. Join the Cult of Odd today. Hi there. You're listening to The Plank Man Show on tapdetroit.com. Oh, wait a minute. No, you're not. This is a promo for the show. So if you're listening to this, you're not listening to the show. You need to listen to the show Thursday night at 8 p.m. on tapdetroit.com with myself and Ted Eberly, where not only do we talk local music, we also play local and independent artists from all around the world, and we get into sports and all kinds of other stuff. So tune in Thursday night, 8 p.m., tapdetroit.com.